imposing grandeur, the quality or state of being impressive or awesome. The purpose of studying theology and reading books, it's it's not to gain our own intellect, but rather it is to bring us to Him. Because when you see how glorious and how holy and how majestic our Creator is, the more you worship Him. He is our imposing grandeur. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Imposing Grandeur Radio. This week, we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit, kindness. So before we get into it, ladies, how are y'all doing? Are y'all drinking any cool beverages over there? I'm not. I'm drinking water. I was going to drink coffee, but it was one of those things where you made yourself a cup of coffee and then you took a couple sips and I felt my heart like immediately start racing and I was like, I cannot feel like this when we're recording a podcast. So Mm. it's upstairs waiting for me. (laughs) Well, our viewers may not know this, but Miss Miller actually just got an espresso machine. So Let's there's a reason she's yes. back. She's drinking a lot of coffee these days. <laughs> yes. I yeah. If I didn't have a heart condition before, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about espresso is that you have to make multiple cups in order to practice and also get your extraction right. And so Thankfully, I I live with people who drink coffee and I can make them cups of coffee and that could also work towards my practice. But I have found myself making multiple cups for myself to uh, practice. Granted, I don't drink all of them because certain extractions are better than others and some are under, some are over, and you don't want to drink that. So that sounds super complicated, but all in all, I'm kind of at that phase where I just keep making a bunch of cups of coffee and I don't know really what to do with them. So if you guys are in the area, stop by if you're listening to this and you want a cup of coffee. Wow. Too bad you don't know my generous. address. See that It sounded generous, but none of them know my address. So that is true. Come on over, but don't. I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. I love making cups of coffee for people. I really think that that is like one of my love languages. Like, I show people that I care for them by making them coffee. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Um. You know, speaking of coffee, um, kindness is... <laughs> oh, I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll go ahead and get into it then. Um So, obviously, we're talking about kindness this week on our Fruit of the Spirit attribute, I guess. Or what else would you call them? Fruits. Fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit. Um, (laughs) But, um, so, as always, we like to kick off defining our terms. And real quick, the reason we do this is because so often people are using words and not defining them. And then there's confusion about what's going on. So if you're kind of like, why do they do this at the beginning of every episode? We do this to be as clear as possible as to what we're talking about. So that being said, um, ladies, what do you have about the kindness definition? So I have a pretty simple definition. Kindness is a supernatural heart stance of generosity towards others, even when they do not deserve it and we get nothing in return. 
But if we want a true example of kindness, as we've said in all our past fruits of the Spirit, we have to look to Christ because God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. And as we as believers imitate Christ, when we are kind to our enemies, we are able to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven us, as we see in Ephesians 4.32. And we're able to emulate who Christ is in his kindness as we're doing that to other people. Yes. Avery, I am really glad you mentioned that about how Christ is like the ultimate example of kindness because as we'll talk about more and more uh, throughout this episode almost every passage that talks about kindness is discussing Christ or God but anyways for mine um the actual definition behind kindness as used in Galatians 5 is moral goodness or integrity which is still a little bit vague from being honest and then So I looked up the secular definition. The Oxford Dictionary defines it as a quality of being friendly, generous, or considerate. Um, So you're kind of starting to get the picture. And I even looked up a bunch of passages that use the same Greek word kindness to see if that would help shed some light on the context. Really didn't. (laughs) Um, So... We're, and Avery, you summed it up just really nicely in a spiritual sense, the kind of direction we're looking at here. And we'll, we'll discuss later about like the differences between secular kindness versus spiritual kindness um, that's given to us through the Holy Spirit. So um, anybody else have anything they want to add to that before we move on? Kind of reiterating, Annie, what you were saying, for me, trying to coin a definition of kindness was kind of difficult um, just because it is a word that you hear all the time. And it's not really a word that you equate with a definition. It's just you say kindness and everyone kind of assumes to know what it means. Kind of like faith. Like, how do you explain faith? And then you see in Hebrews, it's like, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things not seen, you know? And um, so that that's really helpful in that regard. But for kindness, I've found... Um, I was just thinking, wow, it'd be really nice to find a Bible verse that just kind of said, kindness is this, you know? And in a way it does say that, but it's through the actions and the words and deeds of Christ. But I have found so much help in trying to grasp this ki- this concept of kindness by looking at Ephesians, um, specifically um, F- Ephesians 4, verse 31 through 32, when it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. And so earlier on in this chapter, it does talk about putting off your old self. And it says it belongs to your former manner of life. It's corrupt through deceitful desires and is to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So that was um, a few verses up, Ephesians 4, 22 and 24. And then the verses that I just read, Ephesians 4, 31 through 32, it then summarizes this act of putting off and putting on. So what do we put off? We put off bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice. And then you put on kindness. And then an example that it gives of kindness is this aspect of being tenderhearted, which I thought was really interesting. And it's interesting in this way because Like, what does tenderhearted mean? It means to be easily touched. And my first thought was, like, as a kid, when my mom would brush my hair, 
I was considered a tender-headed kid. I didn't like it when she brushed my hair because it doesn't take much to feel that pain. But the whole tender-hearted in this category, meaning that you're easily moved and empathetic with other people. So you're moved by the hurts of others. And I think that that's a really important aspect of kindness is that you're able to see people and have a heart for them and just empathize with them. And I think we see that in Christ as he interacts with people in the New Testament and God as he interacts with people in the Old Testament is that he gets to people's level and he communicates with them. I just think of that verse that was like, and he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Um, so it's more in short, um, kindness is not merely an external change of manners, but it's an internal change of the heart and it affects how we see people and how we operate in our own lives. That was a good explanation, Alexa. And I was thinking too, while you're talking that kindness might not always look super sugarcoated. Um, like it is kind for a mother to rebuke her child when they sin and not let them do whatever they want to the child that doesn't always look kind. But in the long run, it is loving and kind as the mother is exposing that child's sin. Um, And I just think the way that God deals with us gently and kindly sometimes to us, we might not see God's kindness at first if we're walking through something that he's allowed us to walk through, but we don't truly know the way that he's shaping us and molding us and using his loving kindness to bring us to him. And um, I just thought it was interesting seeing it from a parent-child perspective because You can't be constantly sweet to your child and also teach them and rebuke them and um, show them up in the way they should go. Yeah, going off of that, Avery, I was thinking of Ephesians 5, 25, where it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her from the washing of water with the word. Um, And it continues on, but that key of Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her Why? So that he may sanctify her. And as we've stated before, sanctify means to make holy. So the whole goal of not only being kind to people, but also loving each other is not to satisfy that, you know, emotional need that they may have. But first and foremost, it's the pursuit of one's own holiness. And sometimes that comes at the cost of a friendship. Sometimes that comes to the cost of your own life. But Like you were saying, Avery, it may look different in different ways, but true kindness is when that is your aim um, because that shows that you truly do care about them because that is their ultimate good because that is God's design way. Yeah, I'm really glad y'all touched on that because that is an important distinction. And Alexa, you said this um, briefly just about how kindness is, and Avery, you obviously touched on this too, It's more than just like good manners or being sweet to somebody. And again, we'll talk about it later on in the episode. But when we are talking about the Holy Spirit's gift of kindness, it's not worldly in the sense that it's as simple as manners or sweetness. It can be expressed in those ways, but it's not just that. It is ultimately that in our flesh, we are not this way. And with the Holy Spirit and through Christ, we can exhibit this trait, but not just in our exterior, in our interior, in our hearts as well. But moving on, uh, something that helped me understand kindness a little bit more was comparing it to goodness, which is our next fruit of the Spirit. But the word goodness is literally in the definition of kindness. So automatically, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, what is goodness? And then it said, 
basically the same thing. So um, I found this cool summary, though. It says, the key difference between kindness and goodness is that kindness mainly involves being generous and considerate and helping others, whereas goodness involves righteousness in action or doing what is right. And then it compared kindness associates with generosity and gentleness and care. And goodness is involving like integrity, honesty, and uprightness. Kindness, the opposite of it is unkindness. And the opposite of goodness is evil. And so that kind of helped me understand a little bit more kindness in comparison to goodness, which we're not going to get too much into goodness because we're going to talk about that on the next episode. But we needed to go ahead and clarify that they're very similar, but they're also different. What do you ladies have um, on the topic? I have a short comment. I had a similar definition that compared patience, kindness, and goodness when comparing the different types of love in that way. And I really liked it because I felt like it summarized it really well. But someone said, patience is suffering love, kindness is compassionate love, and goodness is ministering love. And that kind of separated it in my head of like, okay, they're all like different types of love in a way. But the way that they go, you go about loving that person patiently or kindly or in a way that is good can be slightly different, but they all couple together really nicely. Yeah, that's a really cool way to break it down. I like that. Uh, It helps me understand it a little bit more. And I'm glad we're doing this because, um, as Alexa mentioned in the beginning, I feel like people just say kindness and we just know what they mean. Like, you know, it's one of those words where we've never really taken the time to delve into it. And part of me is like, I kind of understand why it's kind of hard to define (laughs) this word. And it is easier, though, to picture how we might apply it. I'm not saying that practice in and of itself is easy, but um, yeah, we didn't want to spend too much time on that since it'll be in our next episode. But our next topic um, for the episode is about uh, how is kindness different than the world's idea of this if we're talking as a gift of the Holy Spirit, because as we mentioned, it's not solely exterior, it's interior. So what, ladies, would you say, how would you sum up that these two things are different? Well, I would say first and foremost, um, because we keep going back to this, is just the reminder that it is the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Talking about, you know, kindness is being tenderhearted towards people, Um, And looking at verse 31 of Ephesians 4, the be kind to one another, tenderhearted, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I really like how the Christian Standard Bible puts it, and I believe the KJV also puts it this way. Um, But instead of the in verse 31, when it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, as it does in the ESV, In the CSB, it says, let it be taken or removed from you. Um, And I think that that's really interesting because when we're talking about how do we become tenderhearted and we see something like that, it kind of emphasizes the fact that we're not able to put it away ourselves. You know, it says, let it be taken away from you. Well, how does it become taken away from you? Who does that to you? And then we see in Galatians 5.22, 
the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You know, it's that is the fruit of the spirit. The spirit is the one who cleanses you, and the spirit is the one who cleanses you from all of that bitterness and hostility. And um, and so, what do we do? I guess for the more reactional part of that. Like, how do we make this into a reality? What do we bring to the table? And that's where faith comes in. Paul is writing to the Galatians and he's saying, did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected in the flesh? So we as believers, in order to be kind, we have to trust and believe and have faith in what Ephesians then goes on to talking about. So like chapter five, it says, Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So believe that Christ died in our place. Um, In verse two, talking about the cleansing of our heart took place with such a transaction. You know, Christ came and died. If we don't believe the fact that we are loved by God and that Christ gave himself up for us and died on the cross for our sins, we ourselves can't be kind. That's the root of how we can be kind. You know, we have an example to follow for kindness. We see this in our Lord and Savior, like Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So I would say that that is, that is at the core a big difference. Yeah. I mean, you summed it up nicely. It's Christ. It is our motivation. Every like kind action, generosity, or friendliness should be rooted in Christ. We are acting that way, A, because the Spirit is enabling us to, and B, we are motivated to act that way because of Christ and what he's done for us on the cross and through the gospel. Um, Avery, do you have something you wanted to add to that? Y'all summed it up really well, so I'm not going to reiterate everything that you said, but something I was reminded of when I was researching is just being from the South, correct me if I'm wrong, we really pride ourselves on our hospitality and our kindness. I feel like people are able to fake it really well. Um, With kindness to other people, we just like naturally know how to be mannerly. Um, And I think people are really good at being two-faced here and covering up their true thoughts about things with fake kindness or niceness. I think people kind of associate kindness with niceness. And my main differentiation of the two between Christian kindness and worldly kindness is that our Christian kindness should be motivated by wanting to glorify the Lord. And our worldly kindness points back to self. So if we're being kind to someone, if we're thinking, you know, in our heads, in our hearts, is this something that puffs me up and glorifies myself, then I'm not being an kind in a way that is glorifying the Lord and going before other people in a way that is humble and not trying to distract from who Christ is by making people to want to look to me instead of him. And um, that was really convicting to me because I think it's easy for us to be like, oh, well, I said something nice and people are just going to think I'm nice. But are we really doing it for our own prideful tendencies and selfishness? Are we really going into social settings or going into ministering opportunities to glorify the Lord and our kindness? Yep. And I think adding on to that, kindness is often in the Christian life and in this culture, kindness is going to be shown by telling people the hard truth. 
It is kind to tell somebody the truth. It is kind to share how sinful somebody is and their need for a savior. It is kind to tell somebody, the Christian that's living in sin, that they are living in sin. It is kind to do these things. And that's also where it can be seen so differently because that's not, the culture will say you're being unkind, you're being mean, you're being a jerk, and you're judgmental. When we know if we are truly rooted in the gospel and we're trying to seek and glorify God, that is the kindest thing you can do for somebody to push them towards Christ. And I think that's why the study of theology is so important or just the study of defining terms that we always hear. Because Annie, what you were saying, I think a big part of people getting offended for being called out in sinning is one, you're telling them that they're doing something wrong, but also we don't really know what sin looks like anymore. Like there is this ambiguity. I feel like that sin kind of takes on to some people. Um, Sin may be easily recognized in the bad sins, but for sins like pride or conceit, it's a lot more harder to identify. And granted, that's not to say that if you see your friend posting a ton of selfies on Instagram, that means you, sh- you should call them out because to be kind to them is to call them out. You know, um, that's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that, well, what I'm saying, which I'm sure that they would agree with, is that sin is really sneaky and it appears in our lives a lot more than we would probably think it does. And so I think just being consciously aware of that. I don't think we know the the actual corruptive nature that sin has because if we actually did, we wouldn't be so reactive, I guess, when somebody calls it out in our own lives. Because if we really knew how corrupting it is and how it rots us of all life and of all peace, we would want to get rid of it at the drop of a hat. Um, So I think that that's really something that we all need to be aware of. I guess an internal inventory check, just recognizing why would we want sin in our lives? How are we reacting when our friends do point out the sin in our life? Are any of our friends pointing out sin in our life? Maybe we need new friends that tell us the hard truth, you know? You can always recognize a good friend by how real they are with you. If they are telling you these things, I think that that's definitely a good thing to have. Yep, I agree. And I'm glad you uh, snuck in that little uh, (laughs) internal inventory check. (laughs) Yes. We almost went a whole episode without it, which can't happen. (laughs) Our t shirt slogan, future. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Well, before we conclude this episode, we have an IG hot seat question. Um, It's actually kind of themed with this episode. it's pretty easy. What is the kindest thing someone has ever done for you? Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be like we've been talking about spiritual kindness. I guess I could say what is one of the nicest things anybody has ever done for you? That's hard because there's like so many. <laughs> or it doesn't have to be the night. It can be just one of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just remember <laughs> something that was so sweet and that always just stuck out to me. I was at the Dunkin' Donuts near my college because I was studying and it was like finals week and I was sitting alone and I was just studying and my laptop was out and I had books just kind of laying all over my table. And this old couple came in and um, they just got ice cream and sat down and the older man looks at me and he was like, excuse me, are you a college student? And I was like, yes, sir. I go to this school. And he was just like, 
he starts to get out of his chair and he was like, I want you to pick off anything from the menu and I'm going to get it for you. And I was just like, oh, no, you don't have to do that. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh. He was like, pick out whatever you want. I want to treat you because you're a college student. You're such a hard worker. And I was like, oh, my word, that's so kind. And so I just told him, I was like, I would just love an iced coffee. You're so sweet to want to get me. He wanted to get me like all these donuts and stuff. And I was like, honestly, I would love (laughs) a nice coffee. And he was like, well, are you sure you don't want like a dessert or anything else? And I was, he was like, I have daughters. I know that you guys like your sweets. (laughs) It was so cute. I was like, no, I would just love. And I told him my favorite order. I was like, I would just love an iced coffee with two shots of caramel and almond milk. And he was like, well, okay. And then he, he looks to the Dunkin' Donuts worker and he's like, well, she'll have the jumbo. He was like, give her the biggest size that you have. And it was just jumbo. (laughs) Yes. It was just so sweet. And I just remember being like, I want to be like that when I'm older. Like if I go to a coffee shop and I see a student just studying, like I want to be generous in that way, you know? So I don't know. There are so many other instances like that. I feel like that the Lord has just used in my life to bless me through strangers. But that's definitely, it sticks out as just such a kind act that somebody has done for me. That's really sweet. That reminds me when that woman walked up to you and she like bought you a blue hat because she said it looked good with your eyes. Like these things just like happened to me at the most random times. (laughs) Like for those of you who are listening that don't know the story, I was in this clothing store and I saw this really cute baby blue beanie and I just put it on and was looking what it would look like on my head in the mirror. And all I hear is, let me see, darling. And I look over and it's like this old Southern woman. And she's like, oh, that is precious. And I was like, thank you. I love the color. And she's like, oh, my goodness, you've got to get that. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And it was like Christmas season. So I really shouldn't have been shopping for myself. I was like trying to shop for other people. And she's like, all right, let me have it. I'm going to get it for you. And I was like, oh, you don't have to do that. And so she like... (laughs) I like followed her to the checkout counter and she bought it for me and she was wearing because it was Christmas season. It was like a picture of the three wise men, like a silhouette on her shirt. And it said, wise men still seek him. And it was the cutest thing. And she was like, (laughs) she was like, you see my shirt? She was like, I love Jesus. And this is just my favorite thing. And it was just the cutest thing ever. And so I just I think of her every time I wear it. I still have it. That was like four years ago, maybe three years ago. But such a sweet moment. So sweet. I remember you texting us about that. Um, Speaking of people paying for stuff last year during quarantine, um, I had to switch all my photography work to the fall and I didn't shoot for like March, April, May. And that was, you know, detrimental to a lot of people. There wasn't a lot of income coming in. And so it was just hard, you know, harder times. A lot of people were, you know, posting like support small businesses and all of those things to like encourage people to love on people in their communities that were really hurting financially. Um, And like, praise God, we had savings accounts and it wasn't like a huge detriment to our livelihood, but definitely made a huge difference when people did want to support. And um, one of my clients, I was going to do her wedding in June and she just randomly Venmoed me and she was like, we want to give you like half of your wedding payment. This is like in March. She's like, we want to go ahead and like pay you so you have like money to use these next few months because we know you're not going to be working. Um, and so she went ahead and like put down a lot of the money that she had owed in later on. And um, she was like, we just really want to bless you. And she's like, we have consistent jobs being able to be teachers and still having consistent income, but we know it's different for a lot of people. And I was just touched by that because 
it's just like so much generosity for them to even think of me like mm-hmm. in that way. And, you know, not all, not everyone was thinking outwardly during that time because everyone was going through separate tough things in different ways. Um, so it really touched me and it was just like a true moment of like, wow, these people are kind to think of me um, during this time was really cool. Oh, I like that. That's so sweet. Uh, this one was hard for me because I'm Patrick, my husband. He does a lot of things that are little things that are just really kind. Like I've always been impressed by his kindness towards me. But this one's kind of um sad, but it's really it meant a lot to me, and it's something I think about a lot. I don't think it could be more sad than the journal entry that was written on the last episode. <laughs> I don't know. You might. <laughs> uh, it may be. <laughs> but um, I was, it was at my grandfather's funeral, and my husband, Patrick, couldn't be there. And so everybody was just crying and was so sad. But I was, like, just standing there crying alone. Like, nobody came up to me. I was just... I felt completely alone crying and oh, I don't want to cry thinking about it, but my family is not a physical touch family. Like we never really hugged each other growing up. And my brother, James, the middle brother saw me across the room and just like ran over to me and just hugged me. And Aww. it was like the kindest thing that he's ever done. And so sweet. it just really stands out to me. Cause I, Especially because we were never like that. We never hugged and stuff. And I felt so like down in that moment and him to like see me and come up to me, especially as a younger sibling. It meant a lot. But oh my goodness. That's so so sweet. Yeah, that is kind of sad. But it's really sweet. Yeah, but that's so sweet. That's yeah, it was really cool. I remember, honestly, now that you say that too, I remember my oldest brother, he saw me just like crying my eyes out. And I was like talking with, somebody in my family and just like venting to them how hurt I was about something. And I was just so sad. And I just like turned around to walk out. And my brother, my oldest brother was just standing there. And he just like looked at me for like a split second and saw that I was just like bawling my eyes out. And he just like held me, like gave me the biggest hug and let me just cry into his shoulder. And yeah, it's like the little things like that. It's like you've truly, those moments you never forget. Like, those so physical sweet, touch yeah. moments of just like somebody just embracing you and letting you cry on their shoulder. And it's very touching. Thanks for sharing that. That's so sweet. Ugh. I just need a good cry now. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go watch a Paul Washer sermon now and cry my eyes out. <laughs> Anyways, well, um, <laughs> it was really lovely chatting with you ladies about another fruit of the spirit. And I will talk to y'all later. Bye.